This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hey, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On today. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to picture yourself when you were little and powerful. I have a picture of myself, probably in the 70s, I was very young, dressed up in my mother's slip. Remember, all the ladies wore slips, and on a little girl, it looked like an evening gown. I had on my mother's pale green slip, her very high heels, and I was holding my Barbie doll because my Barbie doll and I were going out on the town. I was so sure of who I was and what I liked. And with one of our guests today, we are going to visit how remembering and recalling that kind of energy That little kid energy can be a powerful tool to use right now. Guys, maybe you picture yourself uh, with a a superhero cape. Just that little kid energy. We're going to talk about harnessing that coming up. But that little kid energy and that little kid bravery and that little kid intelligence is where we're going to go first in a very compelling story. I cannot recommend enough the documentary movie called Rewind. I watched the movie Rewind about a young man growing up in Pennsylvania, a little boy, his name was Sasha, and he had a beautiful sister as well and still does and they're okay now. But Sasha had a terrible childhood, although it looked from the outside like he had a perfect childhood. And he went back and he shot the documentary of his childhood. He was sexually abused by his father's brothers. This young man, Sasha, created this film, Rewind, with so much love and respect for himself and his family. Mission Kids is this child advocacy center that has been created because of what Sasha went through and by Sasha's hand. So with us today is Abby Newman, the chief executive officer of Mission Kids Child Advocacy Center. And she's here to tell us more about the mission and rewind. The film is very difficult and very important to watch. It's the story of a young man who, as a child, was horrifically sexually abused by three of his uncles. In suburban Montgomery County, he was part of a lovely middle-class suburban family, good schools, everything that you think would be kind of this picture-perfect family, without anybody knowing what was going on in the background, including his parents. It finally came to light when Sasha was doing things to himself at the age of seven. He became suicidal. And then he realized, even at that young age, that his uncles were abusing his little sister. So in order to protect his little sister, he finally was able to draw for a psychiatrist what was happening to him. And the film talks about his going back and revisiting his childhood understanding and coming to grips with the abuse that happened to him and his sister, what it did to his family, and then as a result, the start of what's called a child advocacy center in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, to help other abuse children not go through what he went through. Tell everybody what Mission Kids does. Oh, great. Mission Kids, we've, um, we work with child abuse prevention and response. We've been in existence since 2008, and what we do is to spearhead what we call a multidisciplinary team response to child abuse. 
Suburban Montgomery County is a very wealthy county. For listeners that don't know where Grace Kelly came from, affluent uh, outside of Philadelphia, and the original response was, child abuse doesn't happen here. NIMBY, not in my backyard. Well, as a result of Sasha's case, it brought a lot of light to the fact that child abuse does happen here. We work with approximately 600 victims per year. We've worked with 5,000 children, 5,000 plus children, since we opened in 2009. And what we do is that we bring together all the professionals that respond to child abuse, the police, the district attorney, the social workers, mental health therapists, physicians, and they all come to our center. The child comes to our very child-friendly center as well. The child speaks one-on-one with a specially trained forensic interviewer so the child can tell the story in their words and without feeling any type of judgment. And they feel so much better once they get this out and can talk about it. And then, of course, we have all of our partners right there in place to put together a joint response for how to best help this child and their family. And that's the brilliant thing, because in the movie Rewind, Sasha, he's tortured by his three uncles, and then he is tortured again, in my opinion, by the court system, having to tell this story over and over again to so many different men in suits. Um, Correct. And and tell us how your center sort of does away with all that. That's exactly it. In fact, the prosecutor that was involved in Sasha's case after almost 10 years of trying to get justice and put these three perpetrators behind bars where they belonged, Sasha's mother finally said to this prosecutor, you know, what happened to my kids was awful, but what your system is doing to them is even worse, if you can imagine how bad it must have been to come from a mother's mouth about what was happening. So they would have to repeat their story over and over and over again, and each time a child retells their story, they're reliving it, and so they are being re-traumatized by what's happened to them. Our center allows them to tell their story once. We've partnered with the district attorney's office, with all of the police departments in our county, with the county social work office, so that everybody now understands all of those systems have been changed, so that when a child reports abuse, those systems do all of their work in their investigation, but when it's time to interview that child and speak to that child, they bring the child to our center. So the child only has to tell their story once. All of those professionals, though, are watching the interview live, so they get to see a live interview. They get to see the nuances and the credibility that may or sometimes may not be there. So it's not a witch hunt. It's a very neutral way to to go about it. And it's beneficial for everybody's investigation and for the child's recovery. Right. Because there are lawyers paid to tear this child's story apart. And I remember in the movie, somebody saying, you know, well, what you just said is so uh, poignant that when the child retells the story, the child relives the abuse. And then if they remember their shirt as light blue instead of dark blue for the 71st time they're telling the story, now they're not believed. Exactly. That's what happens. I mean, we're very lucky. We live in the United States. People are innocent until they're proven guilty. And so the perpetrator is entitled to have a lawyer, and that lawyer's job is to fight as hard as they ethically can on behalf of their client. So what this does is that it takes away the ability to say after 70 interviews or however many interviews there are, as children misspeak, adults misspeak. If somebody is writing down the child's statement each time they give it, they can write it down a little bit differently. They might hear it differently. So it might not even be that the child is telling the story differently, but the adult hearing it is hearing it differently or recording it differently. And so because the interview is recorded, there is no question as to what that child said in response to exactly what question was asked 
in over 5,000 interviews admission kids, we have never had one successfully challenged in court to say that a leading question was asked or to say that somebody was putting words in that child's mouth. And what we have found is that the change often happens is the defense attorney may come in saying, you can't prove anything, nobody's going to believe this child. Who's going to take the word of this child against this prominent community member? In Sasha's case, it was a rabbi on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, one of the most prominent religious figures in the city at that time. Who would have taken his word or his sister's word? Well, suddenly you play a video and you can see the truth which is being told in response to open-ended, non-leading questions and it suddenly turns around, and in many cases, not in Sasha's because there was no recording, in many cases, a defendant's attorney will suddenly come back to the prosecutors and say, okay, we're willing to talk about a deal. Right. And then the best thing happens, that person will go to jail, and the child doesn't have to go to court and testify. And, right. the, chi- and the family and the child can move on to heal. How many years was it between when Sasha first was abused and when he finally got his final day in court? Oh, gosh, about 10 years. About 10 years of his young ten life. 10 years. He was, it was finally reported when Sasha was 7 years old. It did not end for him in the court system until he was 17. Now, think about that. His whole childhood was robbed. And when you right. watch the movie Rewind, which I so hope you do, you will see that Sasha, when he was first in, like, kindergarten, he was told, his parents were told that, hey, this kid is brilliant. Mm-hmm. He was brilliant. He was out there. Sasha was actually a child actor for a while. He was really bright. He was inclined. He was outgoing. And suddenly he went from being that to not talking in school, becoming suicidal. His mother has told a story, and I think she does this in the movie, about him coming into the room with a pair of underpants over his head and a knife at his throat, mm-hmm. saying, I want to kill myself. I am worthless. Because that's what abuse does to a child. It makes them feel worthless. It makes them feel dirty. And Sasha talks about all of that in the movie. You say you've had 5,000 kids come through your center, and tell me the name of the center again. Mission Kids Child Advocacy Center. Mission We're located in kids. Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. You've had 5,000 kids come through. Now, they can't all be from your area. They are. We are a county of 800,000 people. The direct services at Mission Kids are only done for children in Montgomery County. That's it. There are child advocacy centers like Mission Kids in all of southeast Pennsylvania, and I believe in the New York area as well, where you're broadcasting. Each center provides direct services generally on a county-by-county basis. So, yeah, we have 5,000 children just for Montgomery County, uh, Pennsylvania. I can tell you that in Pennsylvania, in the last year, there were almost 17,000 children seeing a child advocacy centers like Mission Kids. Um, That makes me sick. I can't believe it. I can't believe the numbers. The numbers are astronomical. The more people are aware, the more media personalities like you put on shows like this to raise the awareness of child abuse. That is our best defense for people to watch, especially now during the pandemic when children may not be in school and you lose those sets of eyes from teachers and other people, other adults in school that are watching out for our kids. Neighbors, you have to watch out for the children in your neighborhood. You know them. You know when you see signs of things that are different. If you feel that there's something wrong, report it. Nothing bad will happen if you're wrong, but think about what can happen to that child if you're right and you don't report. Mission Kids. Now, Sasha is directly responsible 
for the creation of this, yes? Yes, because that same prosecutor, when Saucer's mother went to her and said, there's got to be a better way, she took it upon herself and she went out, Risa Vetri Furman, she's now a judge in Montgomery County, I'm going to give her a plug. She went out, she researched what a better system might be, and she found the system of child advocacy centers, which for some reason was not in our county, was not in many of the counties in our section of Pennsylvania, and as a result, it's been developed. And when Sasha first walked into our center, our first location, to see it, it was the most amazing experience I think I've ever had. I watched a very buff 23-year-old young man who had just graduated from college walk through and melt into being a child. And we have teddy bears in the waiting area to give to children after the interviews are done if they'd like one. And he just looked, and can you imagine a 23-year-old man saying, oh my God, the stuffed animals, they're beautiful. They could just envelope a child and make them feel better. You could see him immediately reliving and going back to where he was. Wow, wow, wow. How did they find you, Abby Newman? Well, thank you for asking that question. Um, I knew Risa Vetri Furman at the time. I was um, a lawyer. I am a lawyer. At the time, I was in litigation, and I was looking to leave. My background is also I'm a registered nurse, originally in pediatrics, and I was really looking to find a way to combine both careers a couple of decades and now to being a lawyer. And she was looking for somebody to start the center, and she said, you know, I'm interested, and this is what I'm going to do for the county. I need somebody to be the executive director and really help get it up and running. Are you interested? And I said, sign me up. How do I do this? Where can I get involved? And I've never looked back since. A pediatric nurse and a lawyer, a little bit of an overachiever, Abby Newman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, or ADD, whichever you call, using ADD to help me as opposed to uh, for my best advantage, right? You are the perfect person. You are the perfect person person for Mission Kids. Now, oh, thank you. what do we want to do? We want everybody to watch the movie Rewind. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. All right. Mm-hmm. Rent, rewind, and then what should we do? Um, well, if you would see it in your heart to give a donation to Mission Kids, we would be greatly appreciated. You can go to www.missionkids, M-I-S-S-I-O-N-K-I-D-S-C-A-C for Child Advocacy Center org, or look up the Child Advocacy Center in your area for your county and see what's going on. And most importantly, watch out for the kids. Learn the signs of child abuse and do not be afraid to report. Nothing will happen if you're wrong. Nothing. Somebody will look at that kid. Give me that website one more time. Mission Kids, M-I-S-S-I-O-N-K-I-D-S, C-A-C, for Child Advocacy Center, dot org. All right, your phone's ringing. You better go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Casey. I appreciate it. That's Abby Newman from Mission Kids Child Advocacy Center. Don't you love her? Isn't she just the perfect person to be leading this wonderful organization? Rewind is the movie and the message. If a good kid starts acting out... Ask the question. Ask the question. Is anybody hurting you? Is anything terrible happening? Is anybody scaring you? Is anybody making you uncomfortable? Ask the question. Okay. And I just want to express my gratitude for how grateful I am to have this job where I can watch a movie and contact the people in the movie and put them on the air. Man, that makes me very grateful. Okay. Now we're going back to your childhood, to a powerful place in your childhood. Our next guest says that kid energy and that teenage energy that we can still access, it's still in there, can be very helpful tools 
today. Shane Coleman is the founder of The Courage Course, and she wrote the book From Anxiety to Ease, activities to put yourself at ease in under 10 minutes. The feminine to me represents chaos and being willing to be messy. It's just like the little girls in us that are just like, I want what I want and I don't want to compromise. And when there's that kind of resistance, it creates contrast and it makes a mess. It's like a little fight. And sometimes that fight happens within ourselves. Give me an example of one of those. Let's say it's a a partnership of any kind, a friendship or a relationship. And it's like, I don't want to go to this restaurant. Let's keep it really simple. But the friend or the partner really wants to go there. So somebody has to concede. Somebody has to give in. And there could be a real reason, but it can get covered up with like, oh, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be the person that's a problem. I want to be in flow. I should be in flow. I sh-. And meanwhile, it's giving that original person like a fight. Like, I don't want to give in. Like the little girl that's like, I don't want to do what anybody else wants to do. Gotcha. So you have activities to put yourself at ease in under 10 minutes. Give me some of these activities. Number one, rule on the floor. It sounds so silly, but I used to be a preschool teacher. And what happens is when we give our power away or we say yes when we really don't want to, it takes us away from being grounded in what we want. And so get on the ground and roll there. And it's going to feel stupid. You're going to get mad. It's going to be like, oh, this isn't going to work. And then all of a sudden something shifts and it does. Rolling on the ground in any particular way? No, no rules. Just get on the floor because once you're on the floor, you can't get any lower. And so the fears of like, oh, they're not going to like me anymore, you know, follow this for a second. They're not going to like me. I'm going to be a mean girl. I'm going to be difficult. Like all that stuff, which is floating in the air. It's like once you're on the ground, there's nowhere to fall. There's nowhere to fear. You're safe. And I'm going to find my courage down there so I can stand up and say, you know, that's really not for me. Is that what happens? Yeah, well, you say, like, it's really hard to say no to you. I feel like you're not going to like me, but I have another suggestion. Good. So the book is like having a little shame on your shoulder. It's a book. It's a workbook. It's a journal. It's an activity book. And it's basically going to talk to you. So it gives you examples. It gives you instruction. And then it checks in. How did that work? Another one, 60 seconds. And it gives you different levels. Like if you have the whole afternoon, get in bed, pull the blankets over your head, Or if you have 60 seconds and you're at a place or you're stuck somewhere, go shake your body. Like shake your lips, shake your boobs, shake your butt, feel all the fat on your body. Just shake, shake, shake 60 seconds without stopping. And then if you have extra time, get in the mirror and just look at your eyes. So those are two things. You could just shake alone. You could just look in your eyes alone. But just get really clear, like, what do I want right now? And the answers could be like, I want to eat ice cream in bed. It doesn't mean you need to give it to yourself. But just saying it out loud or declaring or getting clear, like, if I could have whatever I want, if I were really truthful, what would it be? And giving that voice attention can sometimes be just enough. What do I really want right now? There's a couple of variations. It's like, if I were a bad girl, what would I want right now? If I were really honest, what would I want right now? And sometimes you might need to whisper it because it might be the worst thing. Like, I want to eat a whole pizza and stay home. And there's some shame in that. So to even say it out loud, there could be this judgmental voice that's like, don't you dare admit that. And what is the power in admitting it? What is the power in, in investigating all these little things under the surface that maybe we don't say? So if we don't say them and if they don't get witnessed, 
they have the power. They're like the little demons that are like, you make bad choices. You're a loser. We all have those voices that are so abusive. Let's keep it real. It's abuse. And if we don't share them where it gets layered with guilt, then there's shame, then there's disgust. But if we share it, then it's like it doesn't have the hold and the grip, like the Vulcan neck grip on us. Gotcha. From anxiety to ease, the feminine way activities to put yourself at ease in under 10 minutes. Talk to us about looking at your own eyes. What does that do? Oh, yes. Good. So we've had these same eyeballs since we're born, even before, actually. That's interesting. And so to just look at ourselves can be the most confronting thing in the world. And most people, when they get in their own eye contact, for even 30 seconds, There are tears that start to well up because we see ourselves. And most women, I'll be specific, don't look at ourselves. Like, we look in the mirror, we check for boogers, we check for eye stuff, we make sure we're like, all right, I guess I'm here, and move it along. But if you stop and put your hands on the counter and lean in and look in your eyes, something will come up that will help have a release, whether it's emotion or truth or judgment, and that will shift something so it takes us out of our head into a present second yeah look at that girl in the mirror there look at all she's been through and look at all she's you know got to conquer still all right let's go through some of these other topics that are just so timely if uh, you're feeling guilty for avoiding family and certain friends how to create uh, loving boundaries without being a jerk what do you say to that shane Yeah, that's a huge one. And right now, especially, it's really important. And this comes from like, I hate scheduling, but all of a sudden I'm realizing how powerful it is. I make sure that I check in with my family, not them reaching out to me, because that might be crazy and haphazard. But I reach out once a week, same time, every week, just to listen, just to say hello. And that calms my nervous system. Like, I know I'm doing the right thing. And maybe it should be twice a week. Maybe it could be three times a week. Whatever it is, it, it's consistent. And it makes the rest of the in-between moments of that week not leaking energy to like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm a bad daughter. I can't, you know, do the right thing. But I know that I'm dedicating and I'm committing myself to that certain schedule. I'm checking in. Yeah, and it erases the anxiety and the the brain space that would take up time and energy that's like, oh, am I not doing enough? Am I new? So you're making the choice. You're sitting down like you're going to prepare for a meeting and you're like, what should I give to this? Right. And then you feel good about it. You have a, a, a simple way to make complicated boundary issues not a problem. Please talk to yes. me about that. Oh, this is so good. So I have seen so many conversations happen, especially now in these times where one person is just vomiting information and like they can't help it. They're just talking and talking and talking. And what I tell my clients, what I do myself is come up with a sentence and just use that sentence and say it with a smile. And an example would be like, oh, I have to go. And and just just say it. It's so good. I've seen it work. I give it to clients. And they're like, I can't believe it works. The problem, what happens is if you don't like the situation you're in and you explain why, it's not the words. It's like the energy of like, I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still engaging. Right. But if you're like, oh, I have to go. And the person who usually isn't present but is just vomiting. Right. It's like, yeah, well, I understand. I'm home. I probably have him. It's like, oh, I got to go. Right. And then you take an action and you leave. You don't explain, you don't answer questions. Oh, I gotta go with a smile. And then you walk away. Yeah, no excuses. Oh, I gotta go. And the thing no. is, with people like that, they're not listening anyway. Correct. Uh, why does resentment feel easier than speaking the truth sometimes? 
you know, it's an old habit. Like growing up in Brooklyn, it was you never spoke to the person you had a problem with. You just spoke to everyone else. It's the old habit of resentment. It's like blaming the other person for doing the wrong thing. It's very much teenager energy where it's like, I'm going to talk to everybody else except the person because that's confronting, that's a fight, that's being aggressive. It's so much easier. I just said this yesterday with someone, actually. I was like, hey, there's some weird energy between us. I just want to open the door if you want to have a conversation about it. And now, I don't even care if she responds. It's off my plate. Yep. And I just, that's it. I got other things to be doing. I don't want to be pondering and resenting and blaming. Because what happened is I found myself talking about it to other people or other people were asking me, hey, what's up with you two? I'm like, oh, well, people are noticing it. I can't ignore it anymore. And I don't want to. Right. And what we're talking about in all these things is really honoring your own energy, right? Totally. Okay. Feeling stuck, left out, and frumpy? Give me three ways to feel better right now. Red lipstick. Red lipstick. Red yes. lipstick. Oh, my God. I haven't even put lipstick on since March. Totally. It's such a flip and a change, especially for women, because it's like, oh, only for black tie events, only for nighttime. It's like, who cares? Another one is if you're walking on the street, you know, you can, with your mask on, of course, but to make eye contact with someone, 20 seconds. Just do it. See what happens. Okay. I will. Okay, and the next thing is put on a gown in the house. Put on a gown in the house. Engage that little girl in us that wants to play dress up, that wants to put on her mommy or her big sister's makeup. There's something extremely powerful about little girl energy that we all still have. And here we are back with that little girl energy dressing up in that gown. Ladies, you know the power that we're talking about. Shane Coleman is the founder of The Courage Course. She also wrote From Anxiety to Ease, The Feminine Way, Activities to Put Yourself at Ease in Under 10 Minutes. Her master's in early childhood development has made her a very special kind of coach. Shane Coleman, look her up. Thank you so much for listening today. Our thought for the day is from Albert Einstein, who said, If you want your children to be intelligent, read them fairy tales. If you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. Shine On. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.